This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. It is halftime of the Texas Tech-West Virginia game, so we don't know how it's going to go yet. All we know is that Tech is currently down 40 to 34, I believe, and we're just going to crank this out during halftime like we always do. We usually talk for maybe 15, 20 minutes tops and then call it a night. That sounds like one of our episodes. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to be reacting instantly to the basketball game as it happens usually. Uh, but definitely as the game wraps up, we will have a baseball schedule update. It looks like maybe the rest of the schedule was released. We heard 56 games. What we see now is 50. Um, yeah, if my math is right. And by math, I mean just straight up counting from 1 to 50. We'll no, see. I, I double checked that. You got the same number? And I got 50 as well. Okay. Um, we'll talk about basketball. Uh, we'll look at that Iowa State game that has yet to been yet to be scheduled. Uh, Baylor canceling games left and right because, I mean, who wants to lose their win streak? Give a couple of quick recaps. Um, then look over at football. National Signing Day was last Wednesday. And, of course, we'll have to talk about uh, the Super Bowl that was not super. You yeah. want to keep up with us on Twitter, you can follow the show at 23Personnel. Follow me, Spencer, at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. You can find us on Instagram, 23 Personnel Podcast, and you can pick up 23 Personnel t-shirts and hoodies at teespring.com slash store slash 23 Personnel. Before we start baseball, Michael, mm-hmm. I need to let you know that bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, you know, because with that game that happened the other night. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's definitely over. But the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV because that's what we need more of. Real time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device this time today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Michael. Yes. Let's do some baseball, man. All right. Left field, well struck. Desloni picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. 
Takes it to right field, looking for his second home run, and he's got it into his own bullpen. Reps and some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes, and the pitch is driven high deep to right. First down to the wall. So you only thought Michael was joking when he said we're going to get through this during halftime. That may have been our fastest beginning to first segment ever. Baseball, man. Um, yeah, there's a chance, man. 2021 schedule was released uh, about five days ago, officially released. Um, so, Michael, any uh, notable teams or games jump out at you right now, right off the bat? Uh, right. Yeah. They, they did release the non-con or the conference schedule uh, a couple weeks before that. I think what c- kind of piggybacking on that, what kind of struck me as interesting uh, is the fact that tech is going to play a couple of conference foes in a couple of non-conference games. Yeah. I so I think that's happening. I think they're playing OU in a non-conference game. Yeah, and and the weird thing is, I think because OU lost so many non-conference games, they had to pick up, um, they, they had to replace those games, and they just grabbed conference opponents. Because if you look at their schedule, they've got several Big Twelve opponents as non-con opponents. Uh, Texas Tech will just play Oklahoma once, April twentieth, in Amarillo, as non-conference. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> It's 420, bro. Yeah. Um, and then they will they will head up to Norman middle of May, 14th, 15th, 16th for their conference series. Uh, so your non-conference opponents, we've already talked about the those early tournaments, the College of Baseball Showdown in Arlington and the Shriners, Houston, Shriners Hospitals for Children College Classic in Houston. So the college baseball showdown is Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi state eight, number eight, number six, number seven. That's going to be one heck of a weekend of baseball. Cause you know, Texas tech is a consensus top five. Uh, then you come home for a week of bad baseball <laughs> well, or, or fun baseball, at least for tech three games versus Houston Baptist two versus Texas Southern. Uh, if you remember Texas Southern was a team we played a couple years ago where they had that, uh, the guy in, in right field, I can't pronounce his name. It had like 18 syllables in it, but it was like he had never played right field in his life. Uh, Texas tech kept hitting uh, pot flies out to right and he misplayed like every single one of them. So it was pretty much like putting me out there. Yeah, maybe or, or, or me. I mean, I, I haven't played <laughs> college, but I didn't, I didn't even play high school baseball. Let's be honest. Um, so you go from there, uh, Wednesday, the third would be your last game versus Texas Southern. Uh, and then you head down on Friday, the fifth for the Shriners hospitals for children college classic. I cannot spit that phrase out. Right. 
where you'll play Texas State, Sam Houston, and Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, then you will play Gonzaga and UConn in a midweek, then a four-game weekend series before you start conference play. Um, yeah, spring- and then sprinkled in with conference play yeah. is South Florida, Stephen F. Austin, uh, that o- OU game we've already mentioned, Illinois, Chicago. Who? <laughs> I know. Um, I've never heard of them. So it's... Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. It's probably not as flashy as some of the schedules that Tadlock has been able to put together before, but baseball is baseball, and we will take all of it that we can get. Yeah, so uh, on that schedule, like we said, we've counted 50 games. Um 20 of those are home non-conference games, 12 home conference games. So you'll have 26 non-conference, 24 conference games as of right now. And that starts next Friday, the 19th. Cannot believe it. Can't believe it's here. We're going to be previewing a baseball game next week, possibly. Yeah. Hopefully. Or if you would rather, you could listen to Dinger Derby. Yeah, you listen to, to Keith Patrick uh, and his band of podcasters because he's got a couple of guys with him now over at RedRaiderDugout.com. Yes. Um, also Red Raider Dugout on Twitter. Mm-hmm. On the Dinger Derby podcast will be Keith, Randy Rosetta, George Watson, and is it Mike? Mike Gustafson? Gustafson? Yeah. At least some of those. The second half of the basketball game has started, so we have failed you. Uh, we only made it into baseball. But <laughs> 19 minutes to go. You're down by eight. You have plenty of time. Um, Michael, I think that's all I had for baseball. Like There was just a little bit of an update with the schedule drop, but I mean, there's not really anything flashy on there. I just remembered some bad news. Oh, I, when you said that, I, was, I remembered too. A little insider info. What you got? Yeah. Well, Tech is down a pitcher. I didn't know if you had if you had seen that today. I did. I, I saw that briefly in our yeah conversation. Well, it, it made it on it made it on Twitter. It made okay. it on Twitter. So it's it's not like have to protect the source it's not here. just insider baseball anymore. Yeah. So Hunter Dobbins uh, left. I guess practiced late last week with some elbow soreness. Uh, and then they did an MRI 
and determined he will require Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So he will be out this season. And that, so, I mean, from Red Raider dugout, from Keith, he, he tweeted out, we want to wish our guy Hunter Dobbins the best. Uh, let's see, be looking for Tommy John surgery in a couple of weeks. The, the journey that follows. Red Raiders have now lost three pitchers to season-ending injury. Austin Becker, Jacob Brustowski, and Hunter Dobbins. Yeah, and while that is a position that you are relatively deep, uh, it still hurts to lose top-end talent. Yes. Times three. So, I want to wish uh, Mr. Dobbins speedy recovery. He can return. Uh, Tommy John, uh, the recovery on that typically comes back and they're, it, it, it seems like it's one of those injuries that it's not prone to re-injury after you have surgery. Uh, so much so that I think some, especially younger athletes will electively proactively have it to avoid having the injury and then surgery. They'll just go ahead, go ahead and have the surgery done and not deal with the injury. I've read that a few times. I've read that which people is have opted to do it first, which is an interesting strategy and, and maybe not a bad idea in some cases. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know why it made me think of this, but it was like the, the proactive uh, mastectomy that some women will like to have instead of, dealing- oh, as opposed to having breast cancer yeah. or the risk of having it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously cancer is a lot more serious than some ligament damage in your elbow, but sure. Sure. This is this man's uh, livelihood and professional aspirations here. Um, anyways, Hunter, wish you the best of luck on your recovery. Michael, you already talked about some football real quick. Yeah, I think so. I think we have to, to, to shake this up before we get into basketball. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Johnson, touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown, Reginald Davis. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Turn, All right, so National Signing Day was last week. Um, as we kind of, well, as we discussed, as we talked about last weekend, last show, there were only going to yeah, be a handful when of When we realized signs. Signing Day was the next day. <laughs> we were like, oh, right, we got to talk about that. Um, so there Good were show. seven signees on Signing Day. Uh, Amari Jones, the cornerback from Coronado High School here in Lubbock. Malik Dunlap, the... Safety transfer from NC State. Matt Keeler, the offensive lineman from Coffeyville Community College. TJ Stormont, the grad transfer offensive lineman from TCU. Josiah Pierre, linebacker from Florida. Marquise Waters, safety from Duke. And Rayshad Williams, cornerback from UCLA. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Wells, that's it. That's seven, if you were able to keep count. And he's still planning to recruit and sign guys. Obviously still has some scholarships that he wants to give out this spring. Kind of, I don't want to say underwhelming because it's not fair to say anything negative about these guys. We obviously haven't seen him play. Uh, but no big surprises. No, um, you know, everyone that was expected to sign, signed that I'm aware of. And just see what Wells can do in the remainder of the off season. Yeah. We've heard some, some rumors that they, the staff is looking at adding a quarterback. Um, you still need some help along the offensive line. Now TJ storm is going to go a long way and help and fill some of that, that void there of talent up front. Um, Cause if you look at those PFF grades that Seth was pointing out on saying the planes, offensive line graded out poorly. Yes, uh, worst on the team. Yeah, um, Matt Keeler may end up helping out, but definitely TJ Stormont. Uh, pencil him in as a starter at tackle uh, day one here. Um, I do like the addition of the defensive backs, like the transfer defensive backs, Malik Dunlap, Marquise Waters, and Rayshon Williams. Um, I think on the defense, defensive back is obvi- has been your your weakest position. So any kind of experienced depth you can add there. I'm a fan of Josiah Pierre, obviously, uh, when you're looking at linebackers. Um, I, I, I like that addition. And, and then the, the in-state guys, uh, hometown guys, Amari Jones, there was, there was another preferred walk-on uh, linebacker from Coronado as well. You like to make sure to let your, your local schools know, hey, we're, we're not forgetting about you. We're looking at you. Um, and if there's a spot for you at Texas Tech, we'll, we'll take you. Yeah, I definitely don't want local guys to feel shunned or as if they're not being shown any interest. Uh, would would definitely kind of hurt me if I was a talented enough player to be considered on a D1 roster. If the school in my hometown just was were like, who? Yeah. Huh? What? Who are you? What do you do? Huh? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't have your name on my list here. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm assuming everybody that's listening to this was part of the hundred million people that watched the Super Bowl this weekend and saw Patrick Mahomes desperately running for his life all My night. Goodness. There My was goodness. a stat that he ran, what was it like nearly five hundred yards? Yeah. Before four ninety seven. Before throwing a pass, like all night. Like so in, in terms of like between the time he snapped the ball and before he threw it. Collectively on the night, ran for nearly 500 yards, 497. Mm. Michael, did you see that video of the Tampa Bay wide receivers on the sideline? Be like, <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> they were in awe of Patrick Mahomes. Like, this dude's a magician. How is he How doing do you throw this? That? Yeah. <laughs> because you saw Patrick Mahomes running for his life, throwing the ball while he's going to the ground. There was one, I don't even know, like, he like underhand but still got a spiral on it. Um, Parallel to the ground while eight inches off of the ground. Yeah. And, and of course in, in the, the fashion of, you know, everything going wrong for, for the chiefs, those passes would hit the receivers in the hands and they would drop it like, or the face <laughs> or the face. Um, now I, you all know my, 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 my shtick here is to look at the referees and like, well, what's <laughs> going on here? 
And I'm not going to let you down. There was a stretch there. <laughs> After, you had me there for a second. No, I know. I know. And, and here's the thing. It was bad in the first half, and then it was out of hand enough. That it didn't seem to come into play. Yes. Um, I'd agree with that. So there was a stretch there where Kansas City held Tampa Bay fourth and goal from inside the one. Um, and then went like three and out on some, there were a couple of drops. Um, and just like, it was just, the offense was just, it had not clicked and they were, they were, they were still trying to figure things out. It was early on the game. Um, they, they punted the ball and it may have been a product of me just listening in like a, just a crowded house there. I don't know what the penalty was. They, they forced him to repunt, repunted and dude shanks it for like 20 yards. I was like, great. <laughs> you, you want to give Tom Brady a short field, but get this Kansas city stopped him three times on third down after that. But Kansas city also was called for fouls on three consecutive third downs to convert into first downs. Most and of them on were a fourth down one time, I think. Yeah. So maybe it was two third downs and a fourth down. Um, most that of was those the most penalties and yards all season, I believe on an NFL team in a, in a first half, it was eight penalties for 95 yards. And, and let's also point out the very, I mean, hindsight 2020, but even while it was happening, I thought this doesn't seem like a good idea calling timeouts. Why Tom, while Tom Brady has the ball thinking you're going to get the ball back. Calling a timeout in third and one or whatever that was. And then then end up going down. Because if they would have let that go, they would have come out from halftime down 14-6 probably or maybe 17-6 at the worst. Or was it nine? No, it wasn't nine yet. It wasn't. Nine. Anyway, it was a one-score game going into halftime. Speaking if, of one-score game. If they didn't call those timeouts. <laughs> yeah. So that was strange use of the timeouts there. Um, and like that, that um, sequence I was describing from when Kansas city held Tampa Bay on fourth and one um, to those that shanked punt. Uh, and then those defensive penalties that I will concede I, I I don't disagree that they, they could have been called penalties, but it was, they were like barely more than incidental contact against the defensive back. And they were called for holding, which in the NFL is five yards, but it's an automatic first down. Yes. That's, I think that's what got them that fourth down. It was fourth and six or no, 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 no. It, no, it was fourth and no, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was fourth, fourth and six and, or something. And I thought, Oh great. It's still going to be fourth and one, but I forgot about the automatic first down. No, I, the, well, the, there was a fourth and five in there and Tampa Bay lined up for a field goal and they were called for being lined up offsides. Oh, yeah. Yeah. KC was offsides, which. Coincidentally, there was no camera angle to show that. <laughs> see, I see the, the anyways, the tinfoil hat back behind you. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we should we should run through really quickly because I wanted to loll at our predictions because uh, they were I don't want to. They were they were bad. They were bad, Spencer. Uh, if you watch the game, you know that Tampa Bay won 31 to 9. The poor Chiefs just 
couldn't get anything going. And I predicted that Tampa Bay would lose 31 to 27. So you got a 31, right? Just wrong team. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so you were four points off for the, the Buccaneers. Yes. Yeah. You said 31, 27. I said 24, 20 Kansas city. We were both, you know, you were pretty close. You were pretty close on the, on the, um, well, no, we were both no, off. I, I was it was terrible. Off. <laughs> <laughs> it was completely awful. Um, so the, the, the cool thing about that though, I don't know if you heard the post game interviews from Mahomes. Um, no, as soon as that game turned off, I, I tried to turn it, I, I turned off the TV, folded some laundry and went to bed and tried to erase it from my life. No. So it, it, it was in like the, the radio shows the next day. Um, there was a lot of like just gracious comments like, Hey, you know, they, their defensive plan was to take away our, our deep offense. They, they double teamed Terry kill. Um, they, they got pressure with four defensive linemen and they left everything underneath. And we just, one didn't catch all the balls that, 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 that hit the receivers in the hands. Um, and we just weren't effective and efficient when we had the ball. It's like, well, that all makes sense. Yeah. Very, a very, um, CEO answer. So Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl. Boo. God. I mean, congrats Incredible. on this 48 year old man <laughs> hobbling down the field. He's neither of those things. Kane in his left hand. Um, no, he's wait, is it 43. Uh, maybe or 42. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, also strange that like in a very baseball esque way that like Tampa Bay Buccaneers went out and basically bought the team that got them into the playoffs, right? They went and got Gronkowski and Tom Brady. Um, and you typically don't see that kind of impact or turnaround that quickly with football. Whereas with baseball, when you get the, the free agent signing period and oh, the trade deadline is like, scrambling to to either build a team or sell everything off definitely basketball with only five players on the court at the same time but man um props to them i guess for winning a, a super bowl in tampa bay would not have yeah. said that in the summer i mean that coaching staff's incredible to have been able to pull this off with this many new players and i think quite a few newer people on the staff too the defense I can't stand Sue, um, but they since really played play well. I haven't, haven't, can, couldn't stand Sue since he played at Nebraska. Hell no, hell no. I still, I still just love the fact that Sticks just completely annihilated them for out whatever crazy reason that happened that day. Well, Sue also broke Sticks's foot that day. Oh yeah, so, that's true. That's true. So he but, yeah, did, I, I, I don't like him. Don't yeah, like him. He did what he did. Uh, and Lincoln on a broken foot after Sue crushed it or something. Yeah. Still sounds, sounds right. All right. Uh, you ready to talk about some basketball? I think so. All right, man. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins.
Shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot. Kyler Edwards. Ready double into three. Goins who puts it down. Ready. So update on the basketball game. So tell you where we're at. We have 11 minutes or so to go. Texas Tech is down for 53-49. At one point when Michael said a one possession game, the basketball game was in one possession, two points. But um, keeping it close, West Virginia is that team, both football and basketball. And I guess baseball too. They're like, I just love to hate them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, I like a lot of the things they do. I think I would enjoy going to West Virginia game. I probably would have enjoyed going to West Virginia university just period. But, but yes, they're a fun rival to have. It's a, it's a fun team to sports hate. And it seems like, I mean, less so baseball than the other two sports, but like, well, they had that really good pitcher. Was yeah, it last year or season before, I guess. But like when Texas Tech and West Virginia match up on 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 the football field or on the basketball court, there's just always a little heightened emotion. There's just a little little chippiness. Chippy. Yeah, a little chip, little chippiness. There's been some in there. fights pregame on the football games. Um, more than once, I think. Yeah, there've been some. Shoving matches and basketball games, tech tech fan getting punched by a West Virginia player and then tech getting fined for it. Cause that makes sense. Anyways. Um, yeah, this game, uh, ongoing, like West Virginia started the game, not missing a shot for like, was it five or six attempts? And of course, if they tied that back over to the last time tech play, they were like saying, something like 15 minutes of game time. Yeah, it was, it was over 13. Yeah. Yeah. 13 minutes of game time where West Virginia has not missed a shot against Texas tech consecutively. Um, so anyways, that's going on right now, but we're still waiting on the Iowa state game to be rescheduled. Um, as more games get scheduled or, or rescheduled or canceled or postponed around the conference, you're kind of losing on your window to, to, to make some of these games up. Uh, we saw Baylor's, they canceled three more games. Yes. So they're at five. Um, yeah, and I've quit calling no, them. And I've noticed you've done the same. I've quit calling them postponed because there's just no way. Well, There's no way these games are going to get rescheduled because the Big 12 insists on moving forward with the Phillips 66 Big 12 tournament. And Rob Bro tweeted today in all caps, <laughs> and I love the tweet. And I, I, you know, a better podcaster would have brought it up before talking about it, but basically just saying cancel the tournament, reschedule, you know, 
play the postponed games, there's no way you're going to be able to do that. There's just no way that they're going to be able to make up this many games, especially when one of them was already a reschedule from an earlier postponement. Yeah. Uh, I think at this time, Baylor has six games to reschedule, six conference games to reschedule. Um, five of them are against top half of the conference. I think that they, they have to play West Virginia twice. Um, Texas, Oklahoma and tech, right? Is tech one of the games? Yes. Canceled? Yeah. Cause it was this weekend's game. Yes. Um, and then, and then TCU is the sixth game. I believe you, you're going for there. Yeah. So they would have played TC this past weekend. They would have played OU tomorrow, Wednesday. They would have played tech this weekend and they would have had two games next week against West Virginia. Like Texas tech is going to have two games against TCU, but if they push this off until the end of the season, they have like a week, week and a half of time between the end of the regular season and the, the conference tournament. Like they're going to force a lot of these teams to play on really short rest. Now Baylor, especially since that they have to play in all the games, but like they're running out of time to get all these games in. And at this point, I don't, I don't know if they will, which begs the question, like what do you do with a team that plays two thirds of a conference schedule, especially if they were kind of heading in the direction of winning the, the conference, but you're like, yeah. but she only played 12 games where everybody else played 18. Well, they were, I know. And if they're 12 and Oh, I mean, it, it, does that mean they're automatically better than a, I don't know, 15 and three team or, but, <laughs> or but, how does that work? I mean, 12 and oh, but like, like I said earlier, they're missing the game against Texas They're missing a game against Oklahoma and missing like they're missing games against other teams in the top half of the conference because Texas, OU, West Virginia and Texas tech are all stacked up right behind Baylor. Yes. And as you said, they haven't played West Virginia yet. They have not played them at all. Yeah. So That'll be something to keep an eye out on. Uh, Texas Tech will play Monday uh, against, sorry, at TCU, and then they'll be home next week, Wednesday. It'll be Monday at TCU in Fort Worth, Wednesday home versus TCU. Um, this past, yeah, I believe the Wednesday game is the reschedule. Yeah, it is. Uh, this past weekend, though, Texas Tech traveled up to Manhattan, Kansas to take on the Wildcats. It was a was it predicted one of the largest point spread predictions for Texas Tech since like 2017 or 2018 when they had that that team. Um, it's like 16 point game or the line was a 16 point game. We were all like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, <laughs> yes. we, we wanted Texas nervous. Tech to blow out Kansas State. They end up winning by 11, which is comfortable. Um, 7362. So not as large of a margin as I would have hoped for, but I mean, you scored 43 points in the second half. Uh, I mean, you outscored them in, in both halves. You shot, um, where is it? 41% from the field in the first half, 54% in the second half. So you got even better 50% from three on the night you didn't hit all, you know, as many free throws as you would have wanted 15 to 22, only 68%. Um, but the, I mean, in all three of those stats, those categories, uh, you, you let Kansas state in all three of them that they, they shot well on the night, 45, 
46%. They hit 50, or 45% of their threes and 59% of their free throws, which is why I think it was close. Not the free throw part, but the, the, the field goal and, and three point. Um, they just didn't get as many possessions, right? Like they, they took right. 44 shots to your 51. Um, you, you always are worried about McGurl. He just, I mean, he played the entire game. He and Antonio Gordon played all 40 minutes. Um, McGurl had 16 points. Nigel Pack had 16 points. Um, but, I mean, across the board, you, you did what you were supposed to do. Um, Mac McClung got back to his scoring ways, 23 points. Um, a good bounce back after only scoring six the previous game. Kevin McCullough had 15. Kyler Edwards had 13. No other Red Raider was in double figures. Terrence Shannon um, played 11 minutes the entire game. He was, he was available uh, if they needed him. And I think they were trying to limit his minutes because of the lower leg or ankle injury he was dealing with. He came in and looked, I mean, I, I didn't notice anything, but only played 11 minutes, one of two from the field. Um, that's yeah. I didn't notice anything it. either. He was in, what was he inactive until the second half? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He, or no, he played four minutes in the first half. It was okay. It was there. At I the think end. he came in towards the end. Yeah. It, it was just, a, it, that's just how tech games are going to go. I apparently this year, unless they're in Ames, they're not going to blow anyone out of the gym. They are just going to, kind of plot along only be up by five at halftime. You don't really know what's happening until in this game, at least it was closer to, to 13 minutes left in it. When tech started going up by nine and 11 and you thought, okay, I, th- I think it's in hand now, but uh, just always, I don't know. They, they have, they have definitely had the inability to put people away early this season that are at least, um, decent basketball teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. I, I think the only time you've, you felt like you really handled the team uh, was Iowa state when you beat them by 30. Which of yeah. You're, that was going to feel that way. Right. And they were shooting out of their minds that night, which was great, but I don't think you have to do that to beat a team that had lost nine in a row <laughs> coming into that game. No, um, but you know, I mean, I'm not going to complain about a win, even though that seems to be what I do. I did that last week a little bit too, but <laughs> it's, it's just interesting. It, we're kind of seeing it again. You know, we talked about Tyreek Smith getting a little bit more playing time, which is great. Love to see it. Definite fan favorite of the podcast. Um, yeah, he played he 13 had, minutes. Yeah. And, and starter Micah Peavy only played 12 and tonight just kind of going with that same, um, that that same comparison PV has played 16 minutes so far. There's still nine minutes left in the game, but Smith has played 11. So he's, he might creep up to that point. Um, we'll, we'll, we won't know for sure. Um, Santos Silva has four fouls, so there's a good chance he may be playing quite a bit more. Yeah. Um, so Tyreek Smith, hundred percent from the field uh, and hundred percent from the free throw line against Kansas state. One of one and two of two. His one shot from the field was a three. Oh, nailed it. Splashed it was beautiful. It, yeah, it was a it was. no doubter. Um, if, if he can bring better than six blocks per 
hundred possessions or whatever it was I saw today, uh, and some range. This dude needs minutes. Uh, so that, that, that's that I just referenced. Um, it may have been from Ryan Mainville. I'm just going to attribute to him anyways. Um, at Tyreek Smith's pace, he is collecting or he's forcing or he's blocking more shots per hundred possessions than even Tariq Owens was. Yeah. And it was, it was, uh, I think a full additional block. I think Tariq mm-hmm. was five and change and, um, well, that, that wasn't very <laughs> Owens, <laughs> Owens was, five. was five and change. <laughs> Smith is like six and a half or whatever it was. Yeah. Smith was over six. Yeah. So <laughs> even though they're completely different names, my West Texas accent pronounces them the exact same way. Tariq, Tyreek, Tariq and Tyreek. I'm just going to be like Tyreek, <laughs> Tariq. Y'all know what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, let's get to the, 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 the poll updates real quick. And we'll give you an update on the basketball game. Um, Texas Tech jumps up into the top 10, back into the top 10, number seven. Uh, I think the highest Texas Tech has been rated in, in the poll, the AP poll, uh, has been number six. So you're one off there from your highest ever ranking. Uh, number 13, like we said from last week. Uh, in terms of advanced stats, though, Hazometrics dropped them from 12 to 16. Um, no, sorry. Ken Palm dropped from 12 to 16. Haslametrics kept them at 17. ESPN's BPI dropped them from 9th to 10th. And the net rankings dropped from 11th to 12th. Now that 12th line is the last three seed. So you're still hanging in there um, as really highly rated seed. There was a, a chart I saw today that looked like it was projecting out. Texas tech is more likely to be uh, in the three, four, five range than uh, anything higher than three or lower than six. So you're kind of right there where you're, you're projected to be. Um, and I'm here for it, man. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, tech making the the top 10, you know, getting into seven in the AP for the couple of quite a few teams losing. That's, that's fine. But I, I do think the metrics and stuff are probably a little bit more accurate. I, I think that's probably uh, more where tech really aligns, but Hey, did you know bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action? Football might be over. But NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Much like you, I wonder what you can wager on the reality TV gamut. Real time update, odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50%. That's 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right. Upcoming schedule. You're playing West Virginia tonight. Right now, it is 63 to 60. West Virginia just broke the tie with three, uh, but looks like Texas Tech will be heading to the free throw line here in just a second. And then your next game will be Monday in Fort Worth. Um, in terms of the game tonight, uh, the Ken Palm rankings has Texas Tech 16, West Virginia 19. West Virginia has the higher rated offense 14th versus your 30th. Um, but your defense is 11th to their 49th defense. So, uh, in terms of the projection of the game, Haslametrics has it as a four and a half point victory for Texas tech. You got a little bit of work to do to get there. Um, seven points difference from where you're at now. Now that road game at TCU though, different story. They are ranked 97th. Um, they're just bad. <laughs> the 80th ranked offense, 128th defense, and they're slow uh, in terms of tempo like you Texas Tech are. Um, 
Yeah, I mean they're, they're ten and seven overall, three and five in conference. Just really haven't been able to to do that much. Um, I mean they played well against Kansas, but how good is Kansas this year? I mean they got the wheels blown off of them against OU, eighty-two to forty-six. So they've they've had a, a bit rough go of it. They did beat Oklahoma State about a week ago, last week, by three yep. points. Um, they lost by four points in overtime to number 12, Missouri, in Missouri, in Columbia there. Um, but they've also missed some games. Like they, they, They're missing a game versus West Virginia. They're missing a game versus Texas. They're missing a game versus Baylor. So, they're missing one versus Texas Tech right now. <laughs> Yeah, which will which, uh, hopefully we'll play we'll that we'll make up on yeah. Wednesday, a uh, Monday, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the game uh, road game, Texas Tech is favored by eight. According to Haslametrics spread, uh, while the points have been pretty close against the spread numbers, haven't been so good. Your luck number ranking, whatever you want to call it, improved incrementally. Two spots, 267 to 265. You're still one of the most unluckiest teams out there. <laughs> it's not a good place to be. Um, and man, just waiting for this West Virginia game to end. I know. I want to see how it goes. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just, let's just, just wrap it up and see what's, see what's happening. We'll just hit pause on the, on the recording, come back and like, ah, no. <laughs> Six and a half minutes. We may just have to. Well, you could ramble for six minutes of game time. You guys ready for this? Oh gosh, oh, great! It's it's what we do anyway. We could just get. We could just do what we learned. I'm sure we could talk about Super Bowl f- food for. Oh, we have to talk about Super Bowl foods because I made some smoked queso that would blow your mind. All right, let's do uh, it. Let's let's get there real quick. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. So we're doing this way out of line, out of whack, out of order, uh, because the basketball game is right in the middle of our recording session. So that's what it is. Super Bowl foods this weekend. I'm going to go first because I only have one thing that I want to talk about. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of meat church. It is a barbecue recipe website uh, based out of Waxahachie, Waxahachie, Texas. They have this uh, smoked queso recipe that came out last summer, July or June of 2020. Um, and what it is, it's two pounds of sausage. We only used one pound. Um, cause Did Smith, you go spicy? No, because Smith's family doesn't. One, they don't like a, they don't really like meat in their queso and they don't like spicy food. So I went with a, an original breakfast sausage, which is strange because mm-hmm. of how it works in, in queso. But so I went one pound of original sausage. Uh, it calls for two pounds of Velveeta, one pound of smoked Gouda, two cans of Rotel, a can of your choice of cream of blank soup, uh, mm. heated cream of jalapeno. Uh, oh. Again, I was looking for something not spicy. I know they like cream of mushroom. It's more for the texture. So I use a can of cream of mushroom. I hit it with a little splash of heavy cream because... 
we had something needed to go and there was not enough, there's not enough liquid in this. Um, This is like the richest queso I've ever heard described. And then when it came off, um, I added uh, maybe half a cup of milk or whatever to to thin it out a little bit. Uh, But it also had, they did two tablespoons of one of their Cajun style seasonings. Um, I did a tablespoon of, what was it? Um, Cosmo Q's Texas beef and then a tablespoon of Red Rider Meats brisket rub. Oh, nice. So that whole concoction was in a cast iron skillet on the smoker for about an hour at 350. Started every 15 minutes and it was freaking delicious. Did you get a good smoke flavor with it? Yes. Oh man. Okay. I I need to try this because I've, I've wanted to do, I've seen some smoked nachos recipes before, which sound great to me. So I'm all about some sort of smoked cheese uh, extravagance there. We went with, um, I did a couple of things. I bought from HEB, which we love now because there's one here, but uh, from HEB, I bought some, bacon wrapped jalapenos that were stuffed with cheddar jalapeno sausage. And it was like sausage links. And so those turned out pretty good. I mean, they were already pre-made. I just threw those on the smoker, but the thing that I made, Oh, my wife makes this thing. It's pizza dip, mm-hmm. which is, that sounds so good. It's, it is. It's so good. It's just, um, just in a bowl or obviously an oven safe bowl or casserole dish or whatever. It's, cream cheese. And, um, I think some recipes have sour cream. Then of course there's mozzarella and pepperoni and stuff in it. So it just looks like a pizza and it gets it all nice and warm and gooey. And then you pull it out and you just put it on some, uh, toasted bread or whatever you want. So that was awesome. But the thing I made was a homemade McRib. Yeah. And it turned out fantastic. It was, it was a ton of fun to make. It was the sweetest ribs I've ever made. It was, um, intentionally overcooked and to the point where you could just pull the bones out when you're done. Yeah. Makes sense. And I wrapped it in, I mean, we're talking sweet cause the, the rub I used was a sweet rub that I had, uh, called cactus dust, I think that I got from my mother-in-law's for Christmas. And then, so I used that cause it was like, well, it's supposed to be sweet. And then you wrap it in foil after two hours on the smoker at 275 with, uh, butter and honey and brown sugar. Yeah. That's what I do. And then, and then a little bit of beer. And so then I put that in there for two hours, pulled it out, pulled all the bones out. Uh, cut up, cut up just enough for one sandwich because it was just going to be ridiculous if we each had one. So we actually just half to sandwich and then drizzled that with Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, and it was great, man. That was just a lot of fun. It was decadent and ridiculous, but I had seen Stephen Reichlin, who I, I watched. Uh, I haven't watched him as much lately, but years ago I watched him a lot on PBS. <laughs> of um, all places. Yes. He had that recipe pop up four years ago, maybe five. And I've been wanting to make it since. <laughs> and I finally got the chance to, it, it was actually a, a recipe that his fire wrangler made, which I didn't know was a job title. 
but that sounds kind of fun to be just a, the guy who starts the charcoal for the, the famous chef and then kind of helps them cook stuff and you get to eat it too. And that, this is not too bad. That sounds like a job for you and I. Yeah, we could handle that. I could wrangle some far, some far. Uh, the other thing I learned, um, as I mentioned last week, my wife had an emergency appendectomy pretty soon or pretty recently. And our friends rushed to our aid with a meal train, which my wife's always been involved with meal train. She's providing meals and organizing them and doing stuff for other people. And so it was, we basically had to turn people away because she's usually the one that's providing meals and everybody wanted to help. And it, it's been so nice. It's been so cool to have just someone's going to show up at your house at five o'clock with a meal <laughs> for like a week. <laughs> and we even told there were two, there were two nights that we were just like, no, don't come. Don't, Cause they hadn't, we were able to tell them early enough to where they hadn't gone to the store. Or they hadn't done what they were going to do. And we're like, no, no, we're fine. We're still eating stuff from three <laughs> days ago. It's don't worry about it. So, I mean, I, the last week I've been, I've had like Frito pie. I've had white bean chili. I've had uh, spaghetti. I've had, lasagna from Orlando's. Oh, um, good stuff. <laughs> and this was just all stuff delivered, delivered to our door. It's just been, it's been really thoughtful. And I mean, there's probably a 0% chance that anyone who delivered these meals is listening to this, but we really appreciate it. So I was also on the receiving end of a meal train from the McDonald's back See? in September. So yes. we got a meal from, from Michael and his wife uh, right, right after the birth of our son in September. But yeah, same thing, man. We had like a week's worth of dinners just show up at the door. Um, and it was, it was good. It was mixed. Like some of it was like they went to Domino's and got us pizza that night, but then yeah, some were, 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 were home cooked meals. Like the, the stuff oh, yeah. from, from you guys. Um, there was that, that those, those barbecue, uh, Beans. Oh, like yes, the brisket that's beans right. or whatever. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> was so good. Um, but yeah, man, meal trains, what are you going to call them? Solution. You know what, what is not a solution though, is making nachos in a tortilla cone or whatever, however you want to call it. You, you sent me this video on Twitter today. It's very disturbing. I'm I, sorry. I watched it. I was like, what just happened to my eyes? This woman dumps out one of those industrial size cans of cheese. Whiz. It's not even queso. It's like the stuff that you would put on nachos at like a ballpark concession, which has stand. its place, which no, has it's, its, it's place. fine. It's fine. So she dumps this out on like her table or like a, like a granite countertop or whatever. And then she starts piling up like, here's a row, like a pound of taco meat or whatever. And then what was there like sour cream, um, olives, lettuce, lettuce, uh, black beans, a can of drained black beans. I think, um, a, a jar of paste pecani. It was, <laughs> it, was it was definitely paste because you could tell by the, by the shape of the jar, uh, guacamole, um, jalapenos. Mm-hmm. She had some pickled jalapenos. She poured on there and then emptied an entire packet of taco seasoning. And then, okay, so so she like painstakingly did all this in strips to where it looks kind of nice. And then, and then she just, keep in mind, this is all on a table. 
This is all on the table. Oh, and shredded shredded cheddar cheese. So yeah. she added some cold cheese on top of the cold cheese. And then she mixes it all together. Yeah, it was like with um I like with those flat metal scrapers or or like what you'd see at like a like it's a putty knife. Yeah. Yeah. She um, mixes it with two putty knives. And then this is where it gets really gross to me, but just because it just made me cringe. And I showed it to my wife and we both cringed at the same time. She poured jalapeno, not jalapeno. She poured tortilla chips on top of that. Oh yeah. And then got her hands all in it and crushed the tortilla chips into this yellow cold mixture and then scooped it into this. She'd made kind of a, which is kind of a novel concept, but I, I, there's gotta be a hundred better ways to use it. She made an ice cream cone, quote unquote, out of a tortilla. Mm-hmm. She'd have, she'd apparently wrapped a flour tortilla around a piece of foil and put it in the oven or something to where it kind of took the shape of an ice cream excuse me, an ice cream cone kind of toasted. And then she scoops all of this cold cheese meat lettuce in, <laughs> into this thing and proceeds to eat it and, and look and act like it's just delicious. And I cannot, I can't, I can't get it out of my head. So I would change several things about that and, and, and I could be on <laughs> yes. board with it. Like first, like the ingredients probably need to be warm. I'm not going to mix in, uh, lettuce into the mix. I'm not going to crush tortilla chips into an, a a vessel that will essentially be a tortilla chip that's holding it. Um, well, I mean, for me, step know, one man. would be use a damn bowl. <laughs> Just mix it in a bowl. Like, Put okay. it in a freaking bowl. <laughs> what are we insane? Because <laughs> well, okay, so she she dumps all all this cheese whiz out of the can and then uses her hand to kind of smear it and flatten it oh. on the table. And then proceeds to touch everything else with her cheesy hands. Like everything she touches has cheese whiz on it. Like the, the taco seasoning packet. She has to like That's use right. her mouth to open wash it. your hands off. Well, I, I, mean, I'm not a, I don't like my hands being dirty, so I'm not no, the person to watch this. I'm, and I'm trying to, to not freak out about that as much and just focus on the food itself. But no, I'm totally freaking out about someone grinding their their fists into the thing that she might as well just served it with her hand. I don't know why she got an ice cream scoop. She might as well just like, yeah, an ice cream scoop. She's already caved man this crap this whole time. (laughs) She might as well just scoop it up in her hand and just pile it right onto a tortilla and hand it to you. Here you go. Probably had all kinds of good, (laughs) all all kinds of that cheese on the ice cream scoop on the handle. Um, Anyways. Yeah. I I just feel like there's, there's a way you could do that. I, I think, I mean, I think Frito pie could somehow be served in an ice cream scoop type thing. That that doesn't seem crazy to me. Basically something you'd put in a burrito, but not like whatever that was. No. If, if you want to see it for yourselves, we're, we're going to link the video in the show notes. So if you got to us anywhere else besides taking the planes, go over to takingplanes.com. Look for uh, 23 personnel episode 190. Scroll down. So the what we learned section, there is a Twitter link. Watch <laughs> worth, at your it's own worth all these steps. Peril. Yes. Um, a couple lines above that is going to be the recipe to the smoked queso that I was telling you guys uh, over at meat church. Check that out. If you that want is to get an on. actual palate cleanser for this video. Yeah. It is you so watch good. that video first and then go to meat church 
he's got some great stuff there. Spencer turned me on to him and I, I watch his stuff every now and then. So yeah, that's, that's, you'll see her video first, then go to meet church and go, this, this makes sense. These are my people. Yeah. Um, one more barbecue recommendation, uh, especially on, on the YouTube. His name is Malcolm Reed from how to barbecue, right? Now, and, and, and I, I say this as a big boy myself, this boot, this dude is well tenured in food, right? Um, pushing five bills. Probably he is a healthy man. Sure. Sure. <laughs> of course. Not the sense that he's, uh, well, he, he's making his cardiologist a lot of money. Let's just put it that <laughs> way. Um, but here's the thing, you know, you can take his word on food. Like, it's one of those guys where you're like, yeah, I I'm absolutely going to trust everything you say about food because you have the experience. Yes. Um, he, he has this great barbecue channel. I'm sorry to be like railing on this man's weight. Um, just using all that as an example to say when this man says something is delicious and he makes it for you and gives you the recipe, you do it. Okay. Uh, he has a full website of a whole bunch of recipes. Uh, 98% based around some kind of smoked barbecue meat. There are some he's done with some other um, chefs or uh, barbecue pit masters like uh, Q or Cosmo from Cosmos Q's where they, they did a Nashville hot chicken sandwich, which was fried. So it wasn't smoked, but anyways, if you need some inspiration for, um, some tailgate foods for basketball, baseball. You want to get ready for next fall. He's got you. He's got all kinds of tailgate recipes, man. Uh, if you, if you just want to up your, your, your barbecue game over the summer, dude, you can just cook your way through his website. It's fantastic. It was so nice to get out and grill this Saturday. And I'm, I'm really glad I did. Cause I kind of, I almost thought twice about doing it, but you know, it's supposed to be, and this is not an exaggeration, a high of 12 on Sunday or 19 or something like that uh, in Lubbock. So really glad I was able to get out there and it, it definitely got the creative juices flowing to where I'm, I was already thinking, well, what else could I do? What else could I grill? So yeah, I need to go to a website like that and check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The high this past Saturday was like 70 degrees and it's such a weird and wild swing here. But yeah, it's one of those weekends where like you just, you could not stay inside. Uh, it would have been, it's just, it would have just wasted your time. I'm actually a little disappointed that the low for this weekend changed because it was one. It's now like up to five. I was like, oh man, because I'm, I'm pretty sure the coldest I've, I can remember has been like eight degrees. So I was like, oh man, we're getting close to zero. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm a little disappointed. It's warming up a few degrees to five. <laughs> we'll check in on, on, Tuesday and see if you're still disappointed yeah. that it was only two. <laughs> yeah. So currently, no, it's back. Um, Saturday's weather high of 27, low of seven Sunday, high of 16, low of one. Yeah, baby. One of my favorite things is from, um, planes, trains and automobiles. Well, it's just a great movie, but one of the quotes in that movie, and that's what I always think of when I see that, is they're asking each other, what do you think the temperature is? And the other one answers one. 
That's it. <laughs> so that's that's the joke. And it's funny. And I would love to be able to say that this weekend for the first time in my life. Yeah. Not okay. what the wind chill is, the temperature. We could we could see negative we've seen negative wind chills in Lubbock before, but I don't know if I've seen at least not since I've lived here. I don't think I've seen negative temperature. No. I have another, and like I said, I'm I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I I would be remiss if I didn't give everybody a little league update because it's that time of year again. Um, we had our draft on Monday night, so we, we we had air quotes tryouts on Saturday, which were basically just an evaluation period. Um, we have 162 kids in this in this division, coach so seven and eight year olds. Um, and we had 90 show up for tryouts on Saturday, uh, between the seven, eight year olds. Um, so what happened, we, we, we watched them field throw run and bat, uh, at the Lubbock Cooper indoor football facility. Um, we make our Interesting. notes, uh, and we, we go home, we devise our plan with our coaches. Like, okay, who'd you like? Blah, blah, blah. We got this, we had this draft board. I'm not even kidding you. And it was legit. I'm actually. I geeked out about it for quite a while. It was fun. Um, <laughs> Monday night rolls around. You show up, you draw numbers out of a hat to get your draft order. And they announce when we get there, it's a snake draft. It's like, Oh crap. So you don't want one. You don't want 14. Cause there's 14 teams in our league. So you don't want one of the extremes. Um, they did say, uh, coaches are allowed to freeze players like their kids. You can freeze them to, to your team. So like, my son Grayson was not eligible to be drafted by anybody else. He was going to be on my team regardless. But so did you pick him at like the last round? <laughs> well, no, no, no. He's he <laughs> automatically on my team. Um, okay. Okay. But in that sense, there are coaches that had, they had, there's some teams that had all four coaches already on staff and all four of them, excuse me, had eight year olds. So oh, great. <laughs> th- they got to draw or, you know, they, they could draft a first round eight year old but they couldn't draft an eight year old again until everybody else had four. Um, so as, as being a, a new coach in this division, not having an eight year old, we got stacked with eight year olds. So uh, I drew seventh. So I was like, okay, okay. I, 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 in a snake draft, I love being right in the middle. Right. Uh, Cause there won't be long periods of time where I'm just sitting there like watching all my kids uh, on my board, just get decimated. No joke. The first pick drafted a kid. We had like almost at the very bottom of my board. I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you watching? (laughs) (laughs) Or did, did, well, for, if it was me, I would have, I would have questioned my evaluation skills. Well, I maybe, but like, and thought, Oh no, maybe I looked at this kid wrong. So we ended up with our third, seventh and ninth best eight year olds off our board. Hey. It's like, it's pretty dang good. Feeling pretty good about yourselves there. Um, and then it went all, all the way around and we got a couple other kids, uh, and we did some, some hat picks and then we came back around for seven year olds. Like I said, everybody got to do the same thing. Everybody got a first round pick. And then, uh, as soon as everybody else had the same number of seven year olds as you did, you get to start picking again. Anyways, we got the first, we got the best seven year old available. And like, in terms of the way that we, my team evaluated and graded players, he was the second highest graded kid that tried out. 
And oh, I, wow. And I know that everybody was upset about it because we drafted him and the team right behind us immediately jumped up and came over. It's like, all right, I've got this, this eight year old for you. I've got this guy for you. Who do you want for that kid? You just drafted. It's like nobody <laughs> because you're not offering me a kid that has the same score as this guy. Um, so I feel pretty good about it. I'm, I'm actually really excited about my team. We're going to do a meet the coach event Wednesday night. So I get to meet the team. Um, I'm back to being excited about it because I feel like we did well at the draft. Um, and that other teams wanted the players that we drafted. So I felt good about my evaluation. Well, I think, I think you've made some, some tough choices, I'm sure, and some tough decisions, but they'll pay off down the road. Yeah. Okay. You want to swing back to the basketball for a second since we're 40 seconds to go? Yeah, I've been trying to keep up with it as best as I can while I'm talking about sort of hosting baseball. a podcast. <laughs> uh, there's 40.8 seconds left. Tech is down 76 to 69. They have the ball on their baseline and they kicked it out to Kyler Edwards. Uh, McClung just fouled out right before this on a very tic-tac foul. Um, I think he had two fouls very quickly based, based off what I could tell. And they were both pretty weak. Uh, and as of right now, there are 45 fouls in the game with 32.3 seconds left. Both teams are in the double bonus and it's not looking good for our red Raiders. No, because of course a game against West Virginia going to have you know a hundred fouls called. Um, yes, man. Marcus Santos Silva did foul out. We mentioned he was in foul trouble earlier, and of course McClung is out. Um, who else we got? The next closest guys have three: PV McCuller and Adolny all have three. So at least they at least no one else should foul out with twenty seven seconds left. As Kyler Edwards threw up a shot then is going to go to the free throw line himself. Yeah. It's been frustrating to see all these like shots that you would think would go in. Like it feels like Texas tech has missed a lot of close layups and close shots tonight. Um, Sam McNeil showing up again. You just want to punch him in the face because he just has one of those punchable faces. (laughs) He had like dude averages what 10 points a game and he had 10 points in like five minutes in the first half. Oh, there was one. He, I think his first three that he made, um, and he was, of course he was five for seven tonight, the jackass, but the, the first three he made, he, he was totally smiling, but wasn't trying to like, he couldn't help it. He just had that goofy grin. Like, yeah. mm, Oh, I made that shot. That was really cool. Oh, be cool about it. Be cool about it. I can't, I can't be cool about it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so it looks, I mean, 26 seconds to go. You're down six. Looks like you're going to drop this game. Um, it's just another one of these home conference game that you leave. You're like you, you should have won this game, man. Um, I mean, they're showing highlights of McNeil, like hitting every, every shot he takes from half court in basically. Yeah. West Virginia. I mean, they're 49% from field goal right now. Tech is 46. It's not like they've shot terrible, but they're 50% from three. And by they, I mean West Virginia. Um, like you said, they've just been lights out, and a lot of it's because of McNeil's five for seven, which is dumb. Um, I'm thinking next next week at some point I need to look up teams' average three point percentage against Tech 
no, no, not that. Uh, uh, every team's average three point percentage versus how they shoot against tech. Yeah. Dad, that would, I, th- I think that's the thing I'm trying to, cause like West Virginia is probably like a 38% three point shooting team or something. And they're shooting 50 tonight. Get, get out of here. And how many times are we going to have to deal with this crap? Texas tech is shooting 31% uh, from three forty five um, from the field. Whereas West Virginia is shooting just under 49% from the field, 50% from three. Um, and I mean, as much as, as we're frustrated, Beard's screaming at an official, get him. Or no, 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 no. He's screaming at a West Virginia coach. Oh, wow. He is really fired up about something. I wish I knew what that was. I'm going to have to rewatch the last few minutes of this game. Oh, he just got ejected. Man, just go punch somebody now. Okay. Just go get him. He's, oh, he's, he's, he did. He's pissed off that they oh, called no, he didn't a foul. Punch anybody. Sorry. I'm a little bit behind on the stream. <laughs> no, he no, he, he, he got ejected. He's, he's pissed off because they called this BS foul against Texas tech. Um, when the West Virginia player had the ball on the ground. <sighs> yeah. So in, in, instead of it being like a timeout or a jump ball, they called a foul on Texas tech. So West Virginia is going to shoot some free throws. Beard got two technicals back to back screaming at an official, which good. I mean, like, cause he, he was screaming at the guy at the table, didn't like it. Then went out to like mid court. Like he was, he was way out on the court screaming at another official and then demonstrated what was wrong. <laughs> he like laid down on the court. Love it. Yeah. Trying to call a timeout. Hmm. And then it's like, hold on, man. So he goes and, and give well, I like that he 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 even went and gave Huggins uh, a fist bump before he he, he dabbed <laughs> he, he like, walked okay. off. <laughs> he was at least he he still has nothing but respect for West Virginia. <laughs> let no one let no one claim otherwise. Yeah, so West Virginia's up 80, 71, 23 seconds to go. Oh wow, they made a three since. Yeah, I'm still well, no still no it's. It's a bunch of the the technical free throws. Oh, free throws. <laughs> of course, I forgot about those. So McNeil hits the first one, misses the second. Going to hit the next two. And then McBride, who was fouled on the original play, is shooting free throws now. And he makes both his. 82-71. That's, that's stupid. I just don't know if there... I, I was really... Um, you know, I'm really torn about this. And now because there's two more technicals. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Cause like you, you don't see Chris beard. Like, yeah, he's fiery. He's emotional, but like usually he'll say something and let it go. Beard went hunting. He went after two different officials and then demonstrated like, no nah, man, you missed this. This is what he was doing. You missed it and got called for back-to-back to technicals. I mean, West Virginia has attempted 39 free throws at Texas Tech's 20. Um, Texas Tech has been called for 29 fouls. West Virginia has been called for 20. It's just gross officiating. <laughs> no one wants to watch a game like that. 
Oh, they're not going to make 50 fouls. Oh, that makes me so angry. That's the number I love to hate. Well, West that's Virginia that, is their first, <laughs> first win versus Big 12 AP Top 10 on the road. So how many uh, qualifiers can you put on that? <laughs> Anyways. Oh, look, the West Virginia fans or West Virginia players w- w- waving at fans. That's fun. Fucking douchebags. <laughs> I got fired up and with Chris that, Beard. And with that, are we signing off? <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't know. As much as the instant reaction you're going to get right there, um, just, I don't know, man. I, I, I want to go back and re- rewatch exactly what happened there at the, the end. See Chris Beard get fired up. Um, tech fans obviously loved it. I, I stand with them. I don't know, man. That'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.